turn on the Jets film room. Sorry, Joe Blewett. We over pursues the ace of dive at the ankles, which he does sometimes too much. Providing you comprehensive film study on the New York Jets. Howell sees that the playside gaps are clogged up. That was a really impressive play right there. That's, that's like a little stuff you see on film. Turn on the Jets film room is now in session. And you are listening to another edition of the Turn on the Jets Film Room podcast and a live YouTube video. Or not live YouTube video, but YouTube video. This is the seventh episode, I believe, of this uh, brand new show that we're doing. We appreciate the support from everybody uh, who has been listening. We're, we're happy with, with numbers for sure. Uh, we definitely have a big announcement on the, uh, on the show today. But before I you know, get into that a little bit, you uh, just to remind you guys, you can find us on you know iTunes at TOJ Film Room. If you're listening on YouTube, that's where you do find us on iTunes. And if you really do enjoy the show, uh, if you are just listening on YouTube, if you can just go to iTunes and either hit subscribe or just leave us a five-star rating and review, we'd really appreciate it. We have five ratings, no reviews that I've seen yet. So uh, if people could do that, really, really appreciate it. Like I said, it helps us out a ton. Uh, and if you're listening on iTunes, you can go to YouTube and check out the... Um, you know the video. Even if you're just listening to the to the podcast for most of the for most of the podcast, and you just want to say, oh, you know, at, at you know an hour and forty eight minutes, Joe talked about you know cover three buzz. I want to see what he's talking about. You can always go to YouTube, uh, hit the like button, subscribe there as well. Next week we will have two shows because I believe the roster cuts are be- are right after the uh, preseason game against the Eagles, or right be- uh, they're right after it. So I'm probably gonna do two shows. Um, Next week, one recapping the game against the Giants, which will be like an hour, and I'll do another show for probably about an hour and a half, two hours, with maybe by myself or maybe with a guest predicting the 53-man roster. Um, so that should be, you know, a ton of fun. Uh, obviously, you know, the Jets lost to the Redskins 15-13. to 13. Um, But before I get into that, uh, if you guys did listen, I just released a show two days ago, I believe, two days ago, where I recapped the Jets wide receiver core and the tight ends um, with – ex you know nfl veteran of, of 11 years uh defensive coordinator in the arena league uh he played with the jets you know during that monday night miracle against the dolphins he had three interceptions in that game two late i believe coming in overtime uh marcus coleman he joined us to do the show i thought it went great we had great chemistry uh good jokes the the conversations flowed very well and i, I talked to him a couple of days ago um and he's going to be the new co-host so it's not just going to be me uh, in a couple of weeks and just random guests, I'm going to have a 11-year NFL veteran breaking down game film with me every single show. I don't know what better um, people can ask for or I could ask for. I didn't expect that when I when I came onto the show. I was supposed to have a different co-host that didn't work out, um, stayed patient, and now I have an NFL, uh, a former NFL player coming on to do the, the, the show with me. We're really going to build the crap out of this thing. So I appreciate the support. Um, me and Marcus Coleman are going to kick the shit out of this, I, I hope, and really provide you guys the best possible coverage for Jets games. We're, we're really going to teach you stuff. It's not, I've said it before, it's not just bullcrap hot takes with no real film knowledge behind those takes. We, we, we're going to give you real um, film knowledge that, that go into those takes and predictions and storylines and all this different stuff, contracts. So we're really, really going to get into it. I'm really, really happy to, to be, uh, you know, to introduce my, my new co-host when he does come um, officially. I believe his first official show as a co-host is going to be either the week before the Jets' first game or the week right after it. So that, the latest is right after the game against the uh, 
the Detroit Lions, he will be officially on every single week, and that's including the offseason as well. So I'm freaking excited. You guys should be excited. Like I said, there's no way better to learn uh, than from a guy who played in the NFL. So it's going to be hell of a lot of fun. Like I said, leave those reviews. Maybe we can get better mics. Maybe I can get a better backdrop instead of having uh, – you know, a big ass yoga mat and in, in, in behind me. So it's blocking the lights. There's not a glare on your guys's uh, screen. If you are watching on YouTube, but let's jump into this 15 to 13 loss. I'm not going to go crazy on the film because it is preseason. The jets do play in about 40, 50, 50 hours from now, or, or a little bit over that 54 hours or so. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to go too crazy, but because the jets lost as I do on this show, and as we're going to do, we start off with duds. So my number three dud of the game, um, unfortunately, is, is Darren Lee. Um, wasn't too impressed with him. He made a couple of plays that, that really stood out on film uh, that were not positives. And this is a guy in his third year who we really want to take that, you know, that jump up to the next level because he was, what, the 18th, 19th, 20th pick, whatever he was in uh, what, 2016. So this is his third year, and he's just not showing that he's grown that much. Uh, so far in the preseason, and it's it's vanilla looks too, and maybe it's a little bit of, that um, you know Williamson is next to him. They don't have great communication, but still, he just he's struggling with with some uh, simple type concepts. And this one, uh, the play I'm going to bring up right now, this is cover three. I'm going to give him like a little bit of a break on this because this is not an easy play to make. Oh, I'd like to see better communication here, but they are cover they they are in cover three. So Adams is responsible for this curl to flat. He's uh, Lee is responsible for this hook to curl. He's responsible for this hook to curl, uh, Williamson. And there's, there, there is another uh, corner or safety um, over there. And they, the Redskins are in, um, what, they're in 20 personnel. So they have three uh, wide receivers. And they're basically running a cab concept, a levels, a levels cab concept um, with Davis under here, short pull, pulling up these linebackers. And then with this uh, wide receiver on this over route, pulling up the linebacker so he can so he can open up behind them, um, or if the linebacker was to drop back, that this uh, short drag route you know is open. Um, but the one problem with this play is one that that Lee is not taking any depth in his drop. He's maybe five to six yards deep, and then Adams it Adams notices this this over route, so Adams jumps on that, and I think he's ex- Adams is expecting Lee to stay on stay on this. Um, but because Lee didn't take a deeper drop, he wasn't able to see this. Um, and also, you know, I can understand if he did pass this off to Adams, if there was a number three or two threat coming over towards the middle here where Avery Williams is going to pass it off to, to, to Lee. But there is no, um, you know, number three, number two threat crossing the field or crossing his face. So he could have stayed on, on Davis right here and let Adams jump onto that, um, that over route. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen. So it's like little things with depth and drops, awareness, um, and communication right there. That's a little, that's a little error um, from, from Lee. So that's, that's the first play that I noticed that I'm not going to kill him for it because it's a more of a communication thing. It's not like he got burned or anything like that, but still it's a play, um, you know, that really good linebackers, um, you know, making this league. And then the next play I'm going to, to bring up is this is, this is definitely worse. Uh, this is, you can tell it's, it's much worse. This is a cover four look. Um and he's right here. So cover four, for the most part, unless there's blitzers or extra, um, you know, extra, uh, you know, coverage men like there are in this. They're only, the Jets are only rushing three. So they're going to have four underneath zones. So Jordan Jenkins is going to be in the, the curl to flat. Josh Martin curl to flat. Uh, and then you're going to – and you want, like, equal spacing in between these zones right here. And, you know, Williamson's in a good spot. I believe that's Williamson. Williamson's in a good spot right here. 
And look, but look how tight Lee is to to Williamson. If you are watching on YouTube, uh, he's one. He's way too tight to Williamson, so he's not covering. Look how big of a gap that is between Lee and Jenkins. So that's a huge area that's not covered. So Lee needs to Lee needs to um, you know get into his zone quicker. I know that he sees this this uh, the, this uh, offensive player. I think it's Josh Doxson. I think it's eighteen on their team. You know, coming on this on this just, uh, drag route, but he needs to pass it off to Williamson. That's Williamson's zone. He can't worry about that. Um, so he's out of position, and that's why this, you know, this flat route, check route, whatever you want to call it, out of the backfield uh, is wide open. Now, if Lee was in his zone, you know, right around here, he can come up and make a tackle, and it would, it would be second and eight. But because he's out of position, he has to try to chase him down, and it turns into, you know, um, whatever, let's say 10, about a 13-yard gain. So just little things with, with Lee that I'm just I'm, – I'm really not seeing in zone coverage. I'm not seeing it in man coverage. I'm not seeing it in the running game. I'm going to bring up one play of the running game. Uh, that I didn't really like of of him, and I understand what he's trying to do here. He uh, he's right here um, on this on this running play. The Jets are in a what a three five. Yeah, they're in a three five defense, so a three five three, and and three means the three down line and the outside linebackers and the linebackers. That's the five three five, um, and then three. There's probably a deep safety. So this is probably cover one. Um, Versus what 20, 21 personnel, maybe you'll know, we'll call it 21 because he's, he's almost playing like an H back. This guy in the bottom of the screen right here. Um, and I understand what Lee is trying to do here because he's this is called you're, you're um you're squeezing the run. Um, and so he's going to take this this fullback on with his outside with his with his inside shoulder. So so he takes away this this angle right here for the for the running back because he has help on the inside. Now, if he was to take it. Now, if he was to take this in this outside shoulder and hit the running back on the on his inside shoulder, then it would be spilling the run. That means he would have help around here. But because he has help coming from the inside, he's going to squeeze the run by taking on the fullback with his with his um, inside shoulder versus the fullback's outside shoulder, or I mean inside shoulder. But I want to see him stack this more, where he's when he's letting the fullback really get into him, and then he gets and then he gets blocked to his ass, which you never want to do. You know, now if he was to come up and bang here with that with that one shoulder keep his arms extended and stack the fullback, then maybe he could have ripped off it and make the tackle. Uh, also in this play, I would like to see Tremaine Johnson right here get maybe get a little bit more aggressive. Now, he's trying to contain that outside too, but he's a little passive right there. And then with Williamson, uh, I'm not going to blame Adams. I heard some people blaming Adams. Adams almost makes this play. nice. It was almost a nice play by Adams. I'm not going to kill him there. And Williamson, yeah, now would I have liked to see him maybe maybe not to, uh, get as close to the line of scrimmage and press the line of scrimmage as much to not let number 63 get his hands on him? Yeah, probably, but he also gets held here. You could, you could see his shoulder pad right there. Can he make the tackle at, right here? Probably can. So he gets held there and it turns into a, into a big uh, big gain. I believe this is the play that uh, the running back got injured here. I forget what the running back's name was. But, uh, yeah, so another play from, from Lee getting, his, getting blocked. And, and he was trying to do the, the right thing, but he just didn't do it the right way. And, and he did get blocked to his ass, which does not look uh, very good. Number two, in terms of duds, um, I'm going to say the Jets pass rush. I don't have any specific plays in terms of the Jets pass rush. But if you're watching the game, uh, you can just you, – you notice the almost the entire game that Alex Smith or Colt McCoy, whoever is standing back there, pretty much had all the time in the world. So the Jets pass rush is just – um, it's just non-existent at this point. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited of the idea of adding, you know, guy uh, like a – will whether it be a Khalil Mack if the Jets are going to trade for him. But the problem is, yeah, you know, first – it's probably going to take at least two first-round draft picks because he's 27 years old, but he's if not the number one pass rusher in the league as an outside linebacker slash defensive end. He's probably number two to Von Miller. 
Um, it's going to take a little bit to, to trade for him. He's 27 years old to get him a big contract, but at the same time with that, when do a lot of these teams, minus the, the dynasty type teams like the Patriots win, like the, like the Seahawks, they won because one, they drafted well, two, they signed some big time free agents when um, Sam, no, not Sam Donald, when Russell Wilson was on that rookie contract. So that's when you sign these big guys and you try to really go for it all in that first five years of that rookie contract before you have to give them money at your ass. Um, so if they did get Mac, that, that's addressing the, the position um, above and beyond. But at the same time, there's also a guy who they're interested in, Dante Fowler, who didn't play a ton of snaps for the Jaguars last year. I think he had two sacks in one of those playoff games um, last year as well. I think, it was, I think it was worse the Patriots. He had two sacks. Doesn't play a lot of snaps, like I said, eight sacks. He's, he, I think he's a, he's a solid pass rusher in this league. Now he's not Von Miller or Khalil Mack or any one of these guys or Melvin Ingram or anything like that, but I think he's solid enough where he'd make a big difference on this Jets um, front, and it would help Leonard Williams out a lot too. Now Leonard Williams is not getting triple teamed like some people say, but it would open up um, a little bit for Leonard Williams. And it would open up for Todd Bowles too. Instead of having the blitz, you know, five guys to get pressure, you could, you could, you could send four guys, four guys with a little bit of creativity out of the 3-4 and get that pressure. That's the one thing that a 3-4 does offer um, that's better than a 4-3. Than a 4-3, a you have four down guys. So you pretty much know where all four or five guys are coming from. Even if you don't know where that one guy is coming from, it's still pretty easy to figure out. Where, where if you're in a 3-4, there can be one or two guys. You have no idea what they're, where, where they're coming from, what they're doing. So that's one of the advantages of 3-4 over 4-3 is the, the creativity and blitz packages. Um, but, yeah, like I said, Bulls would have a little bit of more flexibility um, with with his packages if he did have a guy who can, who can rush the passer so I'm, I'm interested in seeing those guys but for this game uh the pass rush is just you're, you're gonna see theme, themes this year from following me on twitter and there are issues where listen i break down the film a couple days after but uh i like to have a few adult beverages during the game and i get a little bit frustrated at times so you'll see some you, I'm, I'm sure you're gonna see a lot of tweets from me if you follow me at joe rb31 on twitter of uh, me complaining about the jets one offensive line in both pass blocking and run blocking the jets pass rush is just it's it's abysmal at times, and then moving on to my number one, that's a good segue. Is the uh, is the Jets' offensive line just pass blocking and run blocking? They had no time for um, you know either Bridgewater. Bridgewater had to move around a lot. Sam Donald had to move around a lot. Took two sacks. Uh, he just had he just had absolutely no time. And on this play, it, and, and the quality on this play is a little bit crappy. But um, I forget what kind of what kind of run this this is. This is called a mid zone. Um, you know, called a mid zone, and it, Carpenter, the left guard, and Quale, the left tackle, are both going to try to cut block. Uh, the uh, he is the one guy is the two tech, and the other guy is a linebacker who they try to cut. Both of them fell on their cut blocks. Uh, Powell has absolutely nowhere to go because Shell doesn't create a lot of room there because he free Shell a lot of the times he frequently does that hu- that hug type technique, but the hug type technique is not good for the run game. You're not going to create any push, and that's a linebacker too. Shell just doesn't have it in the run game, from what I say. Um, Powell makes a you know, nice little jump cut right there to avoid that one tackler, avoids another tackler with a his, with his stiff arm, keeps his balance, and he gains you know, five yards or let's say four yards. It skips right there. I don't know why I did that in the film. Uh, I can never get it to work. But uh, yeah, four yards on a play that probably should have been a, a, a yard or two of a loss. So the, the offensive line run blocking was abysmal. And, you know, um, I just – listen, I don't see it with the offensive line. I think Shell – at this point, is a average pass blocker at best and a bad run blocker. Uh, Winters could be – I think he's slightly below average when he's playing at his best. Uh, that's being generous. I, his contract was decent, but I think it's a little bit too high for him. Spencer Long is, is decent as well. I think he's in the middle of the, of the road center, but he gets injured a lot. So that's a big question. Carpenter 
is no fit for for an outside zone. He didn't fit in the inside zone scheme the Jets ran a lot last year. He's not going to fit for an outside zone. You have to move even more uh, laterally in the outside zone. So I just do not see it with with Carpenter. I think this is his last year in green and white. And then Beecham, when he is healthy, he's injured right now. So that's another concern. Uh, it's kind of like Shell, where he's a. I think I think I think Beecham's a, a decent pass blocker, even better than Shell is. Uh, but he's just as bad as a run blocker. So the Jets have no real run blockers. Even Long is is a better pass blocker than a run blocker. So um, the Jets, the, the running game is going to struggle at times this year, which worries me a little bit because you're not going to be able to to uh, take those guys out of coverage to come into the box to stop that run game. So Donald's going to have to deal with an extra one or two guys in the secondary, which worries me a little bit, but it, it needs to be addressed next year. Outside linebacker, offensive line, they need to splurge on the left guard and a left tackle. Um, or even a center in free agency and, and an outside linebacker or, or draft them. It, it, either one. The Jets' big free agent signing next year has to be an offensive lineman or two or an outside linebacker, and then the first round of the draft has to be, um, you know, a, a the other position that they don't grab in free agency. And obviously they can't just draft like that because it's not Madden. Um, but I hope that they have a big focus on those on those positions. Maybe even corner. Corner might be a position that they're looking at too because Morris Claiborne's uh, – might be his last year in green and white. Buster Screen, this might be his last year in green and white. Uh, and then you only have Tremaine Johnson and a bunch of nobodies, really. So the Jets, you know, defensive backfield isn't as deep as people think it is. At the top, it's pretty good. Um, but they do need to address the corner spot pretty pretty soon, too. And even, um, you know, Tremaine Johnson, he's, what, 28 years old. So by the time his contract is done, he's going to be 30 or 31 years old in terms of the guaranteed contract, which is only like three years for him. Um, he's, he's probably going to be off this team or be a much lesser player because corners drop off pretty quickly unless you're one of those really special guys. So, um, yeah, so that's a bad play from them. Moving on to the uh, studs. I'm going to give – and I kind of bounce between Powell and Darnold, but I'm going to give it to Darnold. Uh, he owns only eight for 11 for 62 yards. Maybe it's, it's probably a little bit of bias because I just want to be – you know, I want him to be a stud um, because he's freaking Sam Darnold and I want him to be amazing. But – I think he played. I think he played well. I feel. I still think so far he's playing. You know, probably as the best, you know, rookie in the preseason in terms of quarterbacks. And there's actually they're actually all pretty. They're all playing well. Rosen's playing really well. Uh, Allen is playing much better than I expected when I watch him play. Some of the decisions he's making, some of the accuracy he's having. I, I think Allen's playing pretty well. Um, Baker Mayfield's playing really well. I don't think the only guy who's kind of struggling is. is Lamar Jackson, but uh, that was kind of expected. I think he played a little bit better the last game he played, but yeah, I, you know, Donald is one or, or two to, to Mayfield, but I would, I would probably give it to Donald right now. I really like how he's, uh, how he's playing, and the Jets are just running their, in this play, if you're watching on YouTube, they're running just a play action, and there's a, there's a, a free edge defender off, off of the, um, you know, off the top of the screen here, and as Donald pulls the ball away um, from the running back on the play action, he sees it, but the thing that's important about this, and he does give that like almost a little pump fake, but the really important thing about this in, in the preseason so far is he's been keeping two hands on the ball. See, two hands. Uh, in college, he was not doing that with USC, and that's why he got you know so many fumbles against him in the pocket and out of the pocket because he wasn't keeping – look, the whole, almost the whole time, knows he, he, uh, he you know, clears a defender here and throws it out of bounds, which is important too because, yeah, maybe he could have scrambled here for a yard or two, um, but there's no point. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's what it's – you know, you're down by three at this point. Let's not take an injury. It's the preseason. He throws the ball away smartly. So a good play from Donald there just because of the two hands in the ball and, and throws the ball away smartly. So I'd like to see um, that play from him right there. And I'll pull up a, another one of – this is the, the Trey McBride when he hits Trey McBride on the, on the uh, deeper slant. And 
the from what it looks like, and I can't wait to have the actual coaches film in the regular season because the, the preseason you only get the broadcast view, which really sucks. But it looks like a cover three um, from from this angle. We're gonna have this defender in this zone, 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 and then this guy in the curl to flat. Um, and this this linebacker is gonna take this number one and carry him a little bit because he's looking at the number two threat. And Robbie Anderson is number two, but he go, he goes into the flat, so he's he's gonna take that that number two that turns into the number one in his zone, um, and then the number and then this linebacker is gonna carry this you know carry this receiver up the seam a little bit because now he is the number two threat. So um, that's what happens there. And Donald recognizes that quickly that 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 flat is not gonna be open on that third and three because that safety you know is breaking down uh, towards the flat right there, and he quickly comes off of it. He reads Jordan Leggett who runs a pretty bad route. Um, He's when well, he's not pressing vertically at all. He's not challenging that that linebacker. You just, look how comfortable that linebacker just sitting there in that hook zone. Um, now, if like it was to release farther up and maybe get hit the linebacker to flip his hips outside, then he cuts inside. Then yeah, it could be a good route. But that's a pretty bad route from from Blaggett. Um, so Donald comes off of that right after he comes back from the right side and looks at McBride, fires it in there. Pretty good location. It's right on his body. Uh, maybe he could have let it a little bit, a tiny bit more, just so that just so the defender's hand didn't have a, a chance to get into there. Um, but still, you know, quick read, quick recognition of of the defense, uh, and he gets the ball to to McBride. So that was that was probably his best play of the game. Really like to see a, a rookie going through his reads um, very quickly like that. So um, I, I enjoyed that. And then this is the other one um, where I didn't like this play design at all from uh, from Bates here, where you're going to have this the nine route from the top from the top of the screen right here, uh, basically just a stick route where it's like a stop route where you're just stopping at the sticks. Um, from this, from this, this uh, slot receiver, this uh, I think it's Jordan Leggett right there. Is it Jordan Leggett? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Jordan Leggett. Jordan Leggett just runs this like snag route, um, and then the same thing at the, at the bottom of the screen here. We're running this stick route and then a nine route too. But the Redskins have you know seven guys in coverage. Uh, Norman's in man. This top of the top of the screen corners in man. Um, this linebacker's man on Leggett, and then they're bracketing the 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 uh, slot receivers right here because that's the receivers who most likely break to the, to the inside. So they're going to bracket them right there. And, uh, and really, he really has no shot. I would like to see, and this might be that Bates doesn't want to give away his red zone type plays in the preseason, but you're not really giving Donald much of a chance here. Uh, there's really nothing for him to do. Where is he going to throw the ball? Maybe he could have fit it into to curse there, but still a hard throw. Uh, I would like to see more con, con, you know, confusion with multiple levels, horizontal stretch. This is kind of more of a, a horizontal stretch type play, but um, I, want, I want to see guys working around the defense a little bit more, creating confusion, creating some traffic. So I didn't like that play, but the good thing about the play was, listen, Donald doesn't force the ball and just chuck it up. Um, the Jets are only down, you know, six points right here. He takes the sack and is, is going to take the field goal. Where we'd see guys like Geno Smith either hold the ball loosely, which he does for a second there. He's going to look to throw, but he does put his hands back on the ball and he tucks it in, which is good. We'd see Geno, guys like Geno Smith scramble around, take a freaking 15-yard sack and make it a hard field goal, then they would miss or he'd get a fumble or throw the ball, maybe an interception. So uh, take the field goal there. He doesn't force it. I'm, I'm fine with that with that play. Didn't It was more about play call for me um, on that one. And the last one of, of Donald is this interception that he threw, which, listen, you never want to see interceptions, but uh, this is basically just a, a spacing concept that, that they run here where it's like, a, it's like a shorter horizontal stretch. Usually with the spacing, you, you see like 
two snags and a flat route, but I'm still going to call it a, a spacing because it's basically it, it's just a flat route and one snag with a horizontal stretch, but it's not a very good play versus uh, zone coverage. And what happens here is th- this defender is man on Powell, and Powell comes into block, which he lays a nice block on this, uh, this, this uh, defender right here. He flips him over his head, which is nice. But what happens, because Powell doesn't break out to the flat, this defender is free to either to blitz or to play uh, in zone. And he sees this, this snag coming over the middle, um, and, he, and he jumps it and he deflects it, which ends up being an interception. But, uh, so I didn't like this play either from, from, um, from Bates here. And another bad thing about this is I'll talk about Braden later. But Braden, I think this is – no, is that Quale? No, that's – is Quale 78, 79? Who is that? Uh, I think that's I think that's uh, Quali. I could be wrong, but I think he's yeah. I think he's seventy nine, and that's just a freaking terrible block. I don't know what he's trying to do right there, um, but you can't let two free rushers off the off to the left side. So either I, I think he got beat, and then he just looks to block somebody else. Just Quale, uh, Braden, Jonathan Harrison. They have all been really really bad. Um, so far in, in this preseason, and this is just another play where, you know, yeah, maybe if Darnold had some more time because he didn't see this defender, maybe he could have seen Robbie Anderson on the top of the screen right there beating this guy in the nine route, or at least looks like he could have beat him on the nine route. But when he goes to throw the ball, look look at the – look one, he's getting pressure in his face when he knows he gets rid of the ball. Look at the leverage. Is, is he going to win on the nine route? I don't know. When he releases the ball, there's a little window right here, so maybe he could have put it on the outside shoulder, but he, but he did put it on the outside shoulder. so. It's 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 um it's a hard play for him to make. Not a great play design. Uh, and I think the Jets came out and said they didn't really give Donald a shot right here, which they didn't. Uh, just a snag and a flat a flat is just not not a really enough. Um, so I didn't really love it either. But you know, he, listen, yeah, it's an interception. But what do you want him to do? Chuck the ball away on third and one, or, or or take a shot? So it's an interception. And if anything, the Jets gain yardage. He's he's down. Um, you know, right there. I believe so. They just actually gain a yard and a half. So you know, take a shot. It is. It is what it is. It's interception. It sucks. But uh, you know, wh- why just chuck the ball away? Maybe Kirsch can made a, a, a fantastic catch on here. Maybe the ball fits in. So I'm um, not going to kill him on, on that interception. Overall, I think he played pretty well. That's why he got my number three um, stud of the game. Moving up to number two uh, is is Nathan Shepard. I think he's been playing like a like a beast this this preseason. He's really been playing pretty well. Uh, and he is, he, I believe he's, yeah, he's a zero tech right here. And you just see, you're going to see some just pure strength from him here where one, he's coming off the, the snap low. I, I, I like how he's coming off low right there. You can see that his, his body is in, in one angle, this force uh, upwards towards the, the center right there. So that's good. The center is just trying to basically like chip him and then get to the second level on this, like another like mid zone um, run. And he shows, like I said, some nice strength to push this uh, offensive lineman back. And then with that one arm extension, gets his gets his, uh, you know, his uh, his hand into the def- the offensive lineman's shoulder pad and kind of shoves him into the running back's lane, um, which you know he doesn't get to tackle, but still nice nice uh, display of strength right there from Nathan Shepard against a you know starting offensive lineman in the NFL. So that transition from that the, those smaller type schools that he was at, uh, you know, in Canada and wherever the hell he was at in, in America when he was playing football. Uh, it's translated. The dude, the dude has been playing lights out so far. There are some technique things, but pure power, you can see it. Both him and, uh, and Fado Kasi have been playing pretty well this preseason, so you have to be pretty hyped up about them right now. And then this is another one right here um, where the offense, that's not the best block from the offensive lineman right there. If you're watching Shepard, he's 
let's call him the two techs. They look at these, like he's heads up uh, on, on the left guard right here. And he comes off the snap again, not as low as before, but still low enough. He gets his hands into the, uh, in, in some solid position on the, uh, on the offensive linemen's, I believe both of his shoulders here. But still, like I said, it's not a good block. The, the offensive lineman's like ducking his head in, into and not really generating a lot of power from his arms right there. Um, but Shepard gets that extension right there. And he, and he kind of jerks him inside and throws the, the um, offensive lineman inside and has the ability to the, the bend here. He has some nice bend right there. You see right there, look how low he is in the bend he's able to get to get that tackle on the running back. So some power, some nice athleticism shown right there uh, from, from Shepard. So I like that. Um, but, so he's my number two. Number one, if anybody, if you watch this game and you know what you're talking about, you, there's, there's really no way you could pick uh, you know, anybody but but Teddy Bridgewater. Ted, Teddy Bridgewater was, was pretty good this, this game. I'll go over a decent amount of his plays pretty quickly. Move on to the other guys. Like I said, I don't want to make it too long, but 10 for 15, uh, 127 yards, one touchdown, one interception. The interception was, of course, the only bad ball he threw this game. And this, this play, let me, let me see what uh, goes on here. So, oh, so, so he's, when he's dropping back, he's reading the middle of the field. He's going through all of his reads. He feels some, some pressure. So he's going to decide to get out of the pocket. Obviously, he can't really step up in the pocket because there he'd take a sack. So he, he, he steps back and then, and then goes around to the, to the, uh, the right side line here. That's at the top of the screen. And uh, he's keeping his eyes downfield, which is nice. And he, he's making this, this off-balance throw where he's fading backwards with no real base. And he makes a pretty nice throw to uh, Charles Johnson right there. So I like the ability to the, – the, the pocket presence, the, the keeping the eyes downfield, the accuracy – with uh with you know an off platform type throw so nice play from from Teddy Bridgewater right there um for sure moving on to the next one that I want to show um from Bridgewater is uh this is probably this is probably his best play of the game uh it didn't even go for a completion but this is probably his, his best play of the game uh he, he's dropping back here the Jets are in a two by two gun set to uh, well, it's two by two gun set, but let's just say it's to the field side and he reads the right side of the screen and you, he can tell that both of these um you know, defensive backs have, you know, leverage over top of these, um, you know, wide receivers on their vertical releases. So that's going to be a hard throw to make. You have to wait for it to develop. So he comes off of that. He looks back to the left side of the screen. And he sees Hanson with position on this, on this slot receiver who does not play this very well. Um, so he has position here. But the good thing about this throw is he doesn't just he, – he leads him, which is good. But he's not so, – so when he throws the ball, Hanson's probably running a, along here. And he, he's fading out a little bit here to catch the ball. Where if he was to lead him in front of him, one he, that's a, that's a, they call it a hospital ball, so he gets lit up right here by the safety, or it's an interception or a pass deflection. So I like that he leads him vertically and horizontally here. That's a, that's a that's you can't get a better throw than that right there. Uh, Hanson drops it unfortunately, who has just not been playing well, uh, which is which like I said is is unfortunate, but it is what it is. So moving on to the next play from Mr. Teddy Bridgewater. Um, Another another good play. And this is on a what looked like a hawk concept from from the broadcast angle and from where everybody en ended up. Where he's running an outward breaking route to the sideline, which like a ten to fifteen yards could be cut short under pressure. Um, and this is just going to be a vertical route. I don't know if it's a streak or a post from peak, but I'm going to call it a hawk concept. And he's driving back, waiting for the play to develop. And there's some pressure around his his feet. And this is oh this is, is this Ben Braden sixty four. I think this is that's Ben Braden. Um, but so he literally just fall. He doesn't trip over anything. He doesn't fall over anything. He just falls on his ass. That that's the epitome of just bad. Like how unathletic can you possibly be? I understand people trip, but 
damn, man. So this is free rush. These rushers get in, and, and Teddy Bridgewater starts to feel some pressure around his feet. So he has a nice slide to the left of the pocket, um, resets a little bit off, little bit off balance there again as he's kind of fading towards that sideline and makes a beautiful throw away from the defender, arms extended. You need to make this catch, Eric Tomlinson, but he doesn't do it. Another drop from Teddy Bridgewater. So two drops really affected. Um, two nice throws that, that Teddy Bridgewater really had. So that's, um, you know, unfortunate for, for him. Uh, next one I'll bring up of him. This is another another good play um, from Teddy Bridgewater, just keeping his eyes downfield. And this is a, another, like, levels cab type of um, concept here. We're going to have this uh, – short you know in this short crossing route you call it a drag if you want and then i can over route so you have like a two level um read which is the levels um and it's cab because of the the routes they're running um or at least where they end up and where they are in conjunction to each other with the receivers uh he he's reading this cab and the again there's a free rusher in the middle maybe rolls was supposed to pick that up um, but he didn't. So Teddy Bridgewater, nice little drop of the hips right there, jump cut kind of to to avoid it. You know, um, gets his hand you know almost on the ground keeps his keeps his balance right here keeps his eyes on the field he doesn't panic uh so as soon as he's about to get tackled right away head snaps up looks downfield that's 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 important um and then he sees the the over route open delivers it to uh peak makes a nice catch right there so that was another good play from from teddy bridgewater uh the next one i believe is his touchdown to to peak on the on the scissors concept um, on that there was the very next player a couple of plays later um, but another, another nice throw from from Teddy Bridgewater and it's hard to say exactly if he did move the the underneath defender in the curl the flat zone here um, and I believe they're, they're playing like some kind of it's, it's either cover four cover six or a split defense but um, what I like about this is he's no I think he knows he's not going to this to this um, this uh, swing route right here from the running back but what he does is he flips his hips right here and looks like he's going to throw it. And I think that pulls up the defenders just a, a slight, um, you know, for a slight second, which gives him enough room to, to fit this in. I think this pulls up this defender a little bit right here from what it looks like to me and kind of just guessing a little bit. Um, and that, and that gives him enough room and the, uh, they run a scissors concept. So you're going to have, you know, uh, vertical stems and they're going to break outward and inward crossing each other to create some confusion right here from, from the uh, defensive backs, which, which, which is exactly what it does. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater puts in a little, a, a perfect location. It can maybe be a little bit lower. You have room right there. Don't make your receiver make that difficult of a catch, but great catch from Sharon Peak, completely extended, um, stays in bounds right there. So great play um, from, from Bridgewater right there, you know, uh, getting his hips towards the sideline, uh, giving the illusion that he's going to throw that swing route uh, and then goes right back to that scissors concept and, and makes a pretty good throw. So really like that play from uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And then one more play of the positive, and I'll go over the interception a little bit, which was just not a good play. Um, it, and it's preseason, so I understand. Try some stuff out. So I'm not going to kill anybody for preseason unless they're just playing terribly or maybe unless you're, you're Lee. Um, but this is a, it's a play action bootleg to the, to the left side. And what I like about this play too is I think I, again I, I Bridgewater knows he's not throwing this ball. I don't think I think he knows he can't fit it in there. But I like how he sets right there and gives the illusion that he's going to to throw the ball, which gets this defender to jump, and then he scrambles for what I believe is ends up like being like four yards. Yeah, three and a half, four yards, five yards, whatever it is. Um, but I, I like that little that little fake right there to get the defender to jump, and then he opens himself up to get a to get a four yard gain on you know second and eight, which makes it third and four, which is third and short, better than third and eight. So. 
like that play from Bridgewater. The the last play I'll talk about him is is the the unfortunate interception. You just you just can't do it. Uh, and let's so let's see here. So there's a there's a nine route on the bottom of the screen. Another another you know play action cuts to play action a little bit short there. Doesn't sell it great, but regardless, he, he's looking to the bottom of the screen and he and he sees. It's it's kind of better to see it from this angle. So I don't like that release from Charles Johnson in general because that step to the side is not really doing much. You're not really challenging number 47 right here. You're not you're not threatening him or attacking his his leverage. He's playing a little bit inside, so he doesn't want you to get inside. So most likely it is a cover one look. You're not attacking that, um, and the the corner is just able to open up right, right up to the outside and get a squeeze on him. So he gets his hands on him. Uh, the, the defensive back does on on Johnson. He's, he has good leverage both to cut back on the ball and uh, to play the ball over top. So even if he threw the ball you know, here, it's still not a good throw. Uh, even if he threw it back shoulder. Now, you can throw it back shoulder, but what, why he can't throw it back shoulder here is, is because this, this, the, the corner, you can see how, we, how Johnson, which you don't want to do, you want to be able to hold your line and then give yourself room to the sideline. So this is not a great route or release by Johnson. Um, he's, he's allowing the defensive back to squeeze. This is what we call squeeze. Now this, now this sideline is basically like an extra defender um, for this ball. So if, if Johnson was to release, hold his line, work, work that, that gate that he opens to the outside of this defensive back and, and, and stack him and hold the line right here, and then uh, Bridgewater was to throw it back shoulder because then uh, Johnson can show some late hands, not tip off the defensive back and fade out towards the sideline, creating an extra – you know, yard or two to catch the ball. Yeah, but you can't throw this ball when he squeezes the sideline. He has his hands on. He's looking back to the to the ball, and I think he probably releases it like right right there. But still, it's there's really nowhere to put the ball. And even the location isn't good because it's it's right it, now. If the ball was here, yeah, maybe it would have been an interception. But he throws it right to the defensive back. So that's just not a good play. Not a good decision. Not a good ball. Um, so that was the one play that that was poor for Teddy Bridgewater. And unfortunately, you know, it was an interception. It just it's just how. The cookie crumbles sometimes. Going on to the to the offense. Um, here, let me let me just get up this uh this next play. And I I showed you the, the play before Brent, Ben Braden, who literally just fell from nothing. I don't, I don't know what he was uh what he was trying to to do there. But since we we went through the negatives, then we went through the the positives. But we're gonna start off bad again with the bad from the offense and the defense because the Jets did uh, lose this game, which it's preseason, so who really gives a crap? Um. But you know, overall, bad for the offense. I think I think Thomas Rawls doesn't. He just doesn't look good. But some people are talking positively about him uh, in camp. I don't see it. I don't see the explosion. I don't. I don't see the, as much power. I just. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't like Rawls. I really don't think he's gonna make this roster. So they're gonna run him dry on uh, that fourth preseason game and, and probably cut him. But eight rushes for 12 yards, and he had a drop pass as well in that flat um, from Teddy Bridgewater. Two receptions for 10 yards. Like I said, I don't see it. Ben Braden's been awful. Um, Stewart and Hanson, man. Stewart had that one nice play where he got some yak on on the whip route, um, which I did record. And like I said, if you, I'm not going to put up every single play I did on review, but Joe RB31, you can go and turn on the Jets when I post it on there. I, I both have moments on my Twitter, um, and then I post on turn on the Jets too, so you can read it. You know, in article form, I put a little conclusion at the end with end thoughts from the game and things like that. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, Stewart, you know, one catch for 17 yards. Hanson. Uh, one catch for zero yards, and he had a drop. So they combined for two receptions for 17 yards. They didn't have any catches last game, I don't believe. Um, so so far through the preseason, they've been quiet. So through so far through camp, they've been pretty quiet, and that's not good for a third or fourth round picks. These guys might not even make the see. I think based on talent, and you're watching these games, you can't argue that Charles Johnson 
um, and Trey McBride had been better. But is Mac, is Mac willing to cut his third and fourth round pick from just a year ago? Eh, I'm not too sure if he's willing to cut both of them. That's a really bad look. So they gotta they gotta show up and do something because right now they just look like uh, they might not be much uh, of anything, maybe other than than backup fourth, fifth, sixth string type of guys. They gotta they gotta show up and, and play. Uh, especially during the preseason, I understand, you know, listen, yeah, you're playing with backups, but you're playing with Teddy Bridgewater, who is a starting quarterback in the NFL, like I said, probably in that like, the 15 to 18 range for me. Um, and he's making plays. So if you get open, he's going to find you. Um, so they, they've been really disappointing. Uh, Anderson on this play. So this, this play um, from Anderson on the bottom of the screen right here, just a lack of understanding of, of routes. And this is after this play comes that play on fourth and uh, and one on that interception for, for Donald. They're trying to score right here. And he, you have to have a better understanding of, of, of routes and where the sticks are. When it's when it's third and five, yeah, he's running like this outward breaking hitch or, or stick route. And Donald's going to trust you because he's not able to read the side and see if you're in position to get a, to get a first down um, and throw the ball and read the defense back all at the same time. So Anderson needs to needs – to, if he's going to break outside here, he needs to push more upfield and then break back here and then catch the ball right at the first down mark. But if you if you when I'm go back right here, you can see how how early he, he's breaking that off. So he's so he's catching the ball right here, um, which maybe Don's gonna put it a little bit more on him instead of outside, but he breaks off this route way, way too early before that, that first down that first down marker. You got you gotta you gotta hold your line right there, work that 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 open hip, that open gate, and then break back to the ball. You can't just take it there because it's open because look exactly what happens yeah maybe you can get some yak um but he's not the type of player he doesn't he doesn't really get yak so he gets tackled here it's it's you know fourth and fourth and a yard and a half and donald throws an interception on the next play so robbie anderson with his route running overall with his understanding of the game at times is lacking and that's why he's i think a receiver who's going to be like that like top 20 uh bottom teens early 20 type range instead of a guy who could be like a top 10 wide receiver in this league because of his strength and his routes, his understanding of his routes, his understanding of the game, the, the lack of strength, the lack of, of yak. Um, so it's, I, I really did not like that play from Anderson. And there's times too uh, last year where you'd see him, it would be like, let's say third and five or, or second and five. And he, all he needs to do is put his head down a little bit to gain that extra yard, but instead he'll, he'll run out of bounds because he doesn't, he, he's, he shies away from contact all the time instead of putting his head down and getting a first down. So, I like Anderson a lot. I think he's one of, if not, I'm not going to say if not the best, but one of the best deep threats in the entire league. Um, but his, his game is not well-rounded yet. He, he, he still has a lot to, to work on to really be at that upper echelon um, wide receiver in the league. Uh, I also think that uh, Trenton Cannon got hurt a little bit this game. Obviously, he's fighting for a roster spot right now because McGuire's going to come back week two, you know, week one, week two, probably the latest. Uh, maybe the Jets feel that they can get away with just having two running backs for those two weeks, even though I doubt it. Um, but he's fighting for a roster spot, so unfortunately for him, not playing is, is obviously not a good look having that injury. Uh, obviously, you can't really control that injury, but uh, it is what it is. You can't play. You, you can't show up and, and, and impress the coaches, so – um, that was unfortunate for him. And then also Jonathan Harrison, like I said, who's just been terrible. Somebody said, oh, he ducked his head during this play. He didn't duck his head. What happened here is you can see how narrow that punch is. And Spencer Long is, is, is sliding to the, to, the, to the left right here, or to Spencer Long's left. There's a, one, there's a massive gap in that, eight, in that eight gap right there. So you don't want that. So I don't know why Harrison is attacking this, this offensive, uh, this, uh, let's call him a four-eye tech. I'll call him a four-eye tech. So one, he's extending his arms. 
his hands are narrow, so you're giving him the inside track to the to the to the quarterback. Where the hand, you want this hand on the inside to be more on that bicep or shoulder, uh, with that with that outside hand on the on the chest plate. So he, the, the punch is too narrow. He's extending. He's leaning into him. His head. He doesn't duck his head into him. He ducks his head because this uh, this uh, four eye tech hits him with the with a with the chop right there with that with that inside arm with his right arm, and then a club. So chop club arm over. Some people call that a swim, but I differentiate with a swim a little bit. So now if he was to chop with that right arm, grab the left arm to this outside to this outside shoulder and then pull himself over with that with, with that left arm through the right arm over the, the offensive guard, then that's a swim. But I'm gonna call this a chop club arm over. Uh, because because Harrison is, is attacking him, which he shouldn't have. Uh, hands are way too narrow. It's just Harrison's just he's bad, man. They're he's really bad. And I think actually that play wasn't now that I don't remember because I was posting the film and I looked up number 64 um, on the Jets. I think that's actually tra- uh, Travis Travis Swanson, who um, has been really, really bad as well. So uh, my apologies to Ben Brady. He hasn't been playing well either. Yeah, he is 64. So he's playing left guard there. So it was Travis Swanson who fell over himself. So Jet, the Jets' backup offensive linemen have been severely struggling. And unfortunately with, you know, Quale starting, he's been really bad. Um, so it's just it's, it hasn't looked pretty Blau Powell had absolutely no no room to run this game. Moving on to the bad of the defense, I think Roberts struggled this game. Uh, he got beat for for two plays. I, one of them he got beat one versus one, and then one was just a bad understanding of the down and distance in the situation that he was in. Um, so this is this is the play, and this is third and ten, and this is a play that Frankie Luvu. Uh, this is a bad play from him, man. I understand you're listening. You're trying to you're trying to make the team. You're trying to make a play. But the quarterback clearly releases the ball, and then he ducks his head, and he hits the quarterback right in the freaking chin, man. That that one that hurts. So you're getting, you should get two penalties there. You're, you're, I don't know if there would be two penalties, but you're, you're, you're roughing the passer, and you're lowering your head to, to initiate contact. So bad play from him there. Um, they get a 15-yard penalty tacked on at the end, so that was bad. And it was also bad from Roberts too. This is, I don't know if this is cover, if it was cover three or cover two. From where everybody is, it looks like it's probably cover two because these guys are a little bit more narrow than it would be cover three or cover four. So I'll call it cover two. But Roberts is playing a curl to flat. It's third and ten. So so take a little bit more depth in that drop. Make make them throw the ball into the flat right here and then and then beat your tackle one on one. Instead, he's he's putting a lot of pressure on Brooks right there to get out on that on that corner route. Um, so Roberts needs to take more depth in that in that drop right there and get in position to to make a play on the ball because yeah he's pretty far off but even if he even if he you know let's say was at the 45 yard line people say oh well look how open that first down marker is but no but if he but if he kept running with him here until that until that 35 then he's in position to make this play he still has his eyes inside if he sees the quarterback is throwing to the flat he he can easily break on it he can easily break on that on that ball and and make that tackle with some inside help from Minter right there so. Bad play from Roberts there. Really, really did not like that. Uh, that's just a bad understanding of, of, like I said, down and distance. And there's another play um, that I'm going to to bring up where he's uh, he's opening up too soon, man versus man, which is – this should have been a touchdown. This is one of the plays where I talk about the Jets' defense was bailed out, and they were bailed out a couple times. They should have you know, probably let up a few touchdowns in this game. But um, And he's playing with inside leverage, so he doesn't want this receiver to get inside. Uh, and there is help in the middle, but it's probably cover one. Um, from what it looks like, so 
it's cover one, so you don't want him to get inside because that 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 safety has a lot of pressure on him. So you're gonna want to force him to the outside. Don't let him beat you to the inside. That the inside is easy. They can beat you to the outside on a, on a fade route. That's that's a harder type of catch. Um, so it's good that he open. He's he's one. He's opening his hips way too soon. So when you're in this position, he's beat right there. You're beat. There's there's no way you're gonna flip your hips and get inside on on this ball. So he opens his hips up way too soon. He he has to keep his hips more square to the look, look immediately. He doesn't even get one shuffle in. So he's not challenging the route stem. He's not. He's not uh, keeping his hips square. Now, if he was to shuffle, keep his hips square, and not run back, and he was here, you know, more more towards his five yard line instead of dropping back almost to the goal line, then so let's let's imagine he's here on this. Then this receiver has to work through Robert's body, which makes it ten times more difficult for the receiver for the quarterback to see that it's open. Um, but he he doesn't do that. He opens up too too wide, takes too much depth in that drop, and gives the receiver the, the easy inside now. The, uh, he makes a great catch on this ball, and, and Roberts did, you know, contest it a little bit, but still, he shouldn't give him that that ball. Uh, Middleton makes the makes the really hard hit, which you know, damn nice play by that receiver. That, re- that receiver played pretty well for them. I don't know if he's gonna make the team or not, but he played a he, he played pretty well. So uh, it it was offset by an illegal formation, I believe. So uh, Jets defense got bailed out right there by uh, on that play. So I think Roberts struggled. I think Brooks was was good and bad this game. Uh, he was a little bit out of place in coverage from from what I saw from a couple of different plays. Um, but, you know, overall, I, I think he was, like I said, just kind of average. I think Luvu, he had that one nice play where he stayed patient in his backside gap responsibility against a – I think it was a fake fake mid-zone that turned into a uh, end around, and, he, and he, he showed some nice ability to, to stay patient, stay on that backside, maintain those backside gaps, like I said. Um, makes the tackle for I believe, like a three-yard loss or whatever it was. So get a nice play, but that penalty kind of offset offset that um, right there. So um, Luvu struggled a little bit just because of that. I said Brooks was up and down a little bit this game. Uh, I think Buster Screen, you know, struggled. Oh, also Luvu, I put my notes right here. Um, there was also a play where he had a pretty pretty lazy tackle attempt. I think that he thought the running back was going down. He didn't really finish the tackle. The running back went for them two or three yards. So. Um, I don't think Luvu is making this team. He hasn't impressed me too much. And people, I remember, I remember, you know, this is with a few drinks in me. I see this play, and they show this replay on the TV. So I was like, I was like, oh, you know, what the, uh, what the hell? This is a bad play. I see people say, oh, great play by Buster Screen. This is not. A, I think this is another another cover one. And just like Roberts, you're you're opening your one. He's he's looking high. You can tell he's looking at his eyes because he's falling for that that little like hesitation um, jab to the outside. So he opens his hips up right there. You're beat. Right, uh, right there. You're beat. There's no way you're 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 gonna beat him inside or get position inside. So he opens up his hips way too soon, not staying square, looking high. Um, the only reason this is a pass deflection is because is because Smith doesn't lead the receiver. And I understand there's a safety coming, but the safety is is much. It's uh it's Milton. He's later, so it's probably another like I said, another cover one. And now if he was to throw the ball here at that break and he was to lead him right here, it's it's a touchdown. But the the uh, Smith puts it, you know, behind him, and, and Screen is able to get his hand in there for a nice pass deflection. But he was beat off the snap, so uh, I'm not going to chalk it up as a good play. I, I put it on the top, kind of like a douche. Screen, great play in quotation marks. So uh, didn't I didn't I didn't think that was a was a great play. And there's another one um, from from Screen that I'm going to bring up, and you could kind of see side by side, good corner versus versus a not good corner here. And if you watch Johnson. Um, on, on this play as well, where, where Johnson, yeah, maybe he does open up a little bit too much. He he gets uh, he gets one shuffle, yeah, one shuffle in, and but the thing about this play is 
where Johnson's not really challenging that route to them. He's not really squeezing the receiver to the sideline as much as I would like him to. Um, but the, look at the difference in the hips. So the hips right here. If you can see, you should be watching on YouTube, but if you're not, uh, Buster's screen is really opening up his hips fully to run to the, run to the, um, you know, to the end zone on a vertical route. And Johnson's opened up too, but his hips are just slightly turned inside, allowing himself to break back to the inside. So he plays that, look at that, bang. Johnson's there. He, feel, he has two hands on the receiver, which one, look, so Johnson two hands, screen one. Screen's hip, hips opened up more. Johnson's more turned and, and square to the, to the wide receiver. So Johnson's able to cut quickly. If that's thrown right there, it's a pick for Johnson. Screen, on the other hand, has one hand on and then gets two hands on as the receiver starts to break. So he's not able to really feel that break. And his hips are opened up fully to, the, to, to run vertically. So he's not able to, to really cut back here and make the play um, on this ball. So he lets up a reception right there. So that's, it's literally side-by-side, side, better uh, quarter versus a, versus a you know, worse corner. So it's, you, can't, don't, you can't really get better than that in terms of um, an example – uh, I think the defense overall was was sloppy at times. I'll just run through these really, really quick um, for for everybody. And this is a play where I forget what defense I attacked this as. I, you do have to watch the play multiple times. Sometimes to really figure it, it out. Uh, looks like it's a cover three. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a cover three because it looks like Josh Martin drops into this, this like curl the flat, flat zone or hook the flat, uh, hook, hook. And then it looked. Then somebody else was supposed to be out here. There's no way somebody else was not supposed to be out there. Um, nobody's out there, and I, I think it's, it, it has to be Copeland or, or Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams sees a play action and gets super aggressive on that. Where it, it, like I said, I don't know which one it is, but it's one of those guys blew their assignment. Uh, McCoy is able to get the, to the ball to the receiver on the screen instead of it being, you know, maybe even if 67 does block the the uh, you know Copeland or Adams here, maybe you force him inside, which which only limits it to a five to ten yard gain. But he's a free runner right here, and he and he gains what uh, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty five, and plus those additional like three years, like twenty eight yards instead of like maybe five to ten yards, or even stopping for no gain. Uh, I do like the hard hit from Limpson here. He he's always laying dudes out, which is tone setter. You're a tone setter. You're not going to want to run against Avery Williamson at times. So I like that hit from him there, but blown assignment um, right there. And then also Lee here, if you're looking at Lee, I, another bad play from him. I just, you know, I, I said this on the, on the review on Twitter, but if you see how, how, how quickly he's pressing the line of scrimmage here, he's not able to make the play on the screen. So he has no awareness. Now look at the difference between him and Williamson. Williamson notices this is coming. Williamson's getting into it, into his drop and in, into the depth in his drop. Now, if, if Lee was to do the same thing, if he dropped at the same time of, of Williamson, so let's see when this pass is coming. Now, if he's here instead of here, he can, he can come over the top and maybe make this tackle or, like I said, even just force it inside or limit it. But because Lee gets so far inside, he takes himself out of this play. So, Lee, it, I, I just don't see it. I, I'm sorry, guys. I just I don't see it. I don't think he's going to be here um, for much longer. He might lose his starting job this year. I don't think he's getting his fifth-year option um, uh, you know, extended. I, I don't know why the Jets gave him play calling responsibilities. He just doesn't understand the game. I, I really, like I said, I don't see it. It's, I, think, I think he's a bust of a pick um, at this point. Could he, is there a shot he could maybe be a below average player who could be like a third string type of guy? Yeah, but as a starter, I, I severely, severely doubt it. So, um, next play from the Jets here uh, is this, and, and this is, like I said, this one's, I'll do this one even much, much quicker, but cover three, blown assignment, and there's a receiver who, who gets um, open on this deep 
you know, over route. So the receiver, this is the receiver I said play well before, but he did, you know, a lot of an interception here. So he's wide open and people are like, yeah, you know, this is, goes on the stat line. This is where I talk about film versus stats, stats, interception. Oh, you just look at stats, interception. Yeah. Great play by the Jets defense. No, it's a wide open catch. It, it hits him. It hits the receiver in the chest. He didn't ascend to the ball. The ball pops up. Claiborne hits him way after the fact, which is fine because he touched the ball. So he's live now. And Middleton, yeah, makes a great he makes a good interception to see that ball and, and crowd in and runs for a little bit. But overall, it should have been a catch. That's a negative for the Jets defense. It's an interception, but I'm gonna tally that as a negative if I have a tally good versus bad plays for the Jets defense. So they're bailed out twice pretty bigly or pretty big, you know, in, in this game. Um, moving on to the to the offense, and I'll, I'll run to the offense quickly and then I'll wrap up uh, with a little bit of what to look out for the with the Giants. Um, Powell, I thought was, I saw, I showed that one run of him before where he, he makes a negative two yard or no gain, a four yard gain. So that was really really nice uh, from him. He's a he's a really he's a good running back man. He's not Todd Gurley. He's not Leonard Fournette. He's not Le'Veon Bell. Um, but I can live with Powell. I really can. Now, would I like to have Saquon Barkley? Yeah, but don't don't underrate this man. Um, so this looks like another um, like another mid zone, and. And the mid zone is just basically because this outside track is to the outside hip of, of this tackle. Now, if it was a little bit wider, like around that, if there's a tight end here, or you just imagine a tight end here, if it's to that, like that's that, that, uh, that seven tech area, then it's an outside zone. Now, if it was really wide, like going into that like nine tech area with like two tight ends or like, you know, a couple feet outside the tackle that I call that, then I call that a, uh, a wide zone. There's a, there's a little bit of differentiation too, too, really, because it's easy to say inside zone, outside zone, but Really, you could call you could call belly zone, uh, belly zone, tight zone, inside zone, outside zone, uh, mid zone, and and a wide zone. So it's just like I said, like I said, some people just call it you know one tech, two tech, three tech, uh, four tech, or five tech, whatever. I call zero, one, two, two I, three, four, four I, five, you know, six, six I. So just a little bit more details. Details matter. Um, but this this safety or this defensive back is free. It looks like a, like a it's probably a, a zone look for the for the Redskins. And he Powell kind of jabs inside here. Maybe maybe trying to trying to juke him a little bit right there. Uh, the defensive back doesn't fall for it. He keeps his hips square, which is good. But look how and this is hard to to say on Twitter. And this is why I say if you listen if you're watching my stuff on Twitter, it's it's much better to watch the, the video because I can really explain it better. But look how low he is right there. You're not getting much lower than that. Look how much. Look how much power he's generating. How much? How low his center of gravity is he exploding off of that off that leg right there. He's loading up on this leg right here, generating a ton of power and just trucks this guy. Um, so he gains an extra couple of yards here. But you know, it's a, you're not going to get much better technique than that. Being low like that. Now, where I say that that Cruel struggles. If you have watched me talk about Cruel, Cruel on this play, for the most part, he's going to truck some dudes. But for the most part, his legs wouldn't bend this much, and he would be bending more at the waist. Where you see Powell loads up like a spring look how low his entire body is in there bang so i i freaking love pal I, I i really do that's a guy like i don't wear really wear jerseys anymore players because I'm, I'm i'm 25 so it's kind of a little bit weird to be wearing another dude's jersey uh i had you know cheerleaders wear my jerseys when i was in football in high school so it just kind of always felt a little bit strange um but pal is one of those ones i think you buy and just put it on your on your wall when i have a man cave uh when i make a man cave uh you know, Powell, Cotre, all these, all these type of guys, Leon Washington, I have a freaking just a surrounding of different Jets jerseys. Um, but you got to love Powell. You really do. Uh, but moving on, 
you know, 16, he only had six rushes, 17 yards, two receptions, 20 yards. Overall, I still think he played really, very, very well. Uh, stats don't say everything. Like I said, McBride played pretty well. He had a couple of catches. I think he's, he's, he's been showing up more than um, guys like Hanson and Stewart. Even Peak this game, even having a touchdown catch, has showed up more than those guys have the last couple of months. Uh, Peak had, you know, two receptions, 29 yards, I, uh, one touchdown. I showed both of his catches that he had in the game, you know, a uh, good way to get open on that on a deep over route, or he just ran a deep over route, so it's not really a great way to get open. But the, the catch in the end zone uh, was really nice. Clive Walford also had that run uh, that I showed before with Teddy Bridgewater, or I believe I showed it. Um, picked up like 20 yards on a on a on a run where he caught a ball in the flat, so I like that. He, you know, he broke one tackle, so that was good from him. Atkinson, I want to show one play of Atkinson. I think I think Atkinson lo- like deserves a little bit. Of, of love this this game because he did play decently well last game too. I think he had one drop like fumble um, last game. I was kind of like, what the hell, man? But overall, I think he's been playing pretty well. He had a nice one reception for for um, 30 yards, uh, seven rushes for th- for 31. And this looks like a lead zone, of, of, yeah, a lead zone from from the Jets. And I like how he's setting up his block here. You can see he, he's taking his angle pretty wide to, to get this defender to come to the outside. He's setting up his block uh, to get to the inside. He gets to the inside, gets pretty skinny right there for that, for that little gap. Um, notices his defender to his left. He's going to break more vertically up the field to avoid that tackle. And then he, you know, cuts forward for, let's say he gets to what the, the 48 or 49 um, from the, from the 33. So, you know, 18 yard gain, uh, pretty nice, pretty nice run from Atkinson there. So I think he deserved at least a little bit of, of love right there. I had to show it to him and moving on to the defense. Um, I think Hewitt had a, had a pretty good game again. And this is an interesting battle with the middle linebackers because you have Hewitt who's been, been playing pretty well this, this preseason. He's getting a lot of tackles. It's not like he's making spectacular plays, but he's still there to make the tackle. Um, I think Kevin Pierre-Lewis was signed to a decent contract, so I think he sticks around. But I think Minter has the highest potential of all those guys to really make an, uh, an impact. So I'm not really sure who they're going to cut out of those out of those three guys for those maybe two spots. It's going to be interesting to see. But Hewitt at this point deserves a spot over over Minter, even to Kevin Pierre-Lewis, who's been, who's been injured. But Kevin Pierre-Lewis, they'd lose some money if they cut him. So I think he makes it. So I think it's – Hewitt versus Minter, who hasn't really made any plays, um, even, you know, uh, in preseason or in, you know, training camp. Even though I watched his film, I watched the one game, uh, I think it was Cincinnati versus maybe the Steelers, like week one or two with them. And, and he made like, like eight, nine tackles. He played pretty well. Some people say he's like a coverage linebacker. You're wrong. He's more of a, of a DeMario, you know, in that DeMario Davis, Avery Williams and David Harris, you know, thumper type of guy. He's not going to offer much in, in the past game. He's just not athletic enough. But, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see that. So, like I said, um, Hewitt did play. He did play well. He had eight tackles, you know, again, uh, leading the team in tackles. So, that's that's pretty good here. And then uh, I'm going to bring up this play. And this is a – I think uh, Fado Kasi was also uh, a positive in this game. And, and you can see it here. Where and I'll just show Fado Kasi first. You can see the the extension. He loads up. He's come off a snap low, really, really low, which is good because you're going to get under the pads. If you're popping up, your momentum's going upwards, then the the offensive line can block you out of the play. But when you're exploding towards them like that spring, like I talked about with Powell, um, it's gonna be hard for you to stop a guy like Fado Kasi at times. He's already showing some just pure strength for as young as he is, coming from a small school. But he gets that extension, good hand placement, gets his hands into the chest extension, which is important. You're getting the you're getting the offensive lineman off of your body, not able to make contact with your chest or any real uh, generate any real you know uh, power into your chest with his hands. And then he he uh, gets the you know he contains the the run which 
you know, maybe he, he could have cut this running back could have cut it into this gap right here, but Fado Kasi is there to make the play. He doesn't make the tackle, but still I'd like to see that like I said, hand placement, explosion off the line, strength. It was a good it was a good play, good extension, good stack. So I like that. Now going to the to the to the linebackers right here, Doug Middleton, I'll call him a linebacker, um, you know, on on this play where he is uh, you know, let's call him a, you know, the Sam. But what I like about this play and people think it's oh it's you know, it's simple. He just takes on the block. But like I said before with Lee, he's – so Hewitt knows he has Middleton on the left side of him right here to contain the run if it bounces outside. He doesn't really have much help on the, on the inside um, right here because, you know, uh, number 52 gets gets blocked. I'm not sure who 52 is. I think it's – I'm not sure, actually. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I can't remember every single freaking guy's number. But so what he does here is he – he's – uh, spilling that run. I talked about Lee before squeezing the run. He's spilling the run where he's taking on outside shoulder, offensive lineman's, uh, you know, inside shoulder, which is containing this gap right here. So the running back is going to have to cut it outside because if he cuts inside, hey, guess what? Hewitt's there. So he spills the run because he knows he has help. So that's, that's a smart play from him there. And then I also like the aggressiveness to take on that block, fight through the block, and get out and tackle with Middleton. So good play from Hewitt. He's been, he's been playing pretty well. You have to be I'm pretty impressed with him. He's been a special team type of guy. I think he was with the Dolphins before the Jets. So we'll see if he makes the roster. I think at this point, if preseason means anything, he, he should make the roster. So, you know, Hewitt and, and Kevin Pierre-Lewis right now is the backup linebackers. Mentor's probably getting cut. Uh, I like Mentor, though, but we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, people drop off pretty quickly in the NFL. That's why average careers are only like two and a half, three years because uh, injuries, people drop off. You have a you have a flash in the pan, but you know, can't produce after that. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But Mentor also does have that – uh, kind of chemistry with Bowles where he's, he was in his defense. He knows the defense probably pretty well unless he changed up a lot since he came to the Jets. But um, we'll, see, we'll see what happens there. Like I said, it's, it's pretty interesting to, to watch that. Um, another guy, uh, Rashad Robinson, I, I thought played well this game. I'm, I'm going to show two plays of – or I'm going to show two plays of, of Robinson and then have a couple of more guys I'll, I'll show pretty quickly. Um, but Robinson, like I said, pretty good game uh, from at least – I saw, and there was good and bad. That unless you're like a great corner, you're not gonna make, do everything well. Uh, corner, I, I really like evaluating corner uh, and wide receivers and safeties. Um, I like evaluating everything. I think my, probably my worst is offensive lineman. Offensive line is probably the hardest thing to understand, um, and I'm just not too huge into it. But I do understand it. If you haven't watched the show, I, I have a pretty good understanding of offensive line, but uh, just not in love with it. So Robinson's on the top of the screen right here, and man. So he's doing this kind of like foot fire um, technique, soft shoe, where he's not really – he doesn't get his hands on. I do not – I will never condone not getting your hands on. Even if you're in soft shoe, get your hands on him. So I don't like that he doesn't get his hands on him. I don't like that he, he, he's opening his hips pretty, pretty, pretty quickly there. Like I said, he's not, he's not getting a shuffle in. He's not squeezing the wide receiver um, to the sideline immediately. Well, actually, he might be going to squeeze him. So I'm not going to say that, but he opens up too soon. So he opens up right there. If you're a good route runner, if you're an Amari Cooper – you're, you're gonna you're gonna open that this this inside foot um, towards the towards the interior to allow your hips to open up. You're gonna you're gonna plant hard off of that outside foot, get a nice little stick outside a little bit, cut in. So right there, if he's breaking inside, he's beat. But that's not what happens. He's running like a double move um, with a little bit of hesitation right there. So I, I you see the start the stop start quickness from from Robinson right there. Or if I play it in full in full speed, you can you can see how quickly he can accelerate and how athletic he is. Um, not great technique off the line, but I like the, the fact that he did that. And also I like 
Uh, yeah, so he plays the, the ball well here. I don't like how he's looking back without his hands on the on the wide receiver. I don't love that, but he does have that like natural feel for the wide receiver is. So he does get his hips on his hips. So there, it's it's okay. Um, maybe I'd like to see a hand on him. Like yeah, if that so if that outside arm was on him and he and then he got on him, then then look back to the ball. I would like it more, but overall, it's still a positive play because he does get the uh, the pass deflection right there, almost the interception. So. Good and bad from from Robinson. I think in terms of just pure talent, I think he's probably the third best. And and do not like look too much into this. I'm talking about in terms of pure talent. Pure talent, actual talent, performance is completely different. Pure talent, stop start, uh, foot quickness, hip fluidity, long speed. I think he's probably the third most talented corner. But he also has problems understanding. He also has problems opening up his hips. He's 176, I believe. So he's he's not great in the run game. He has problems off the field. Yeah, he's, I believe he's suspended for two, two to four games to, to start the season. He also, um, you know, has some questions in terms of his dedication, learning the playbook and things like that. So does he make the roster? I don't know. But I, I wish he really tried harder and was less of an asshole. Sorry to say it. But if you're not trying hard in the NFL and you're getting, you know, um, in trouble with the law for eat, for having edible marijuana on you. It's just you're stupid. You're being an asshole. You, you have a chance to make. You know, listen. If, if you're in the NFL and you really like smoking weed that much and eating edibles, you know, just go balls to the wall for that for that contract, and then and then bail out like Wilkerson did. You know, he, he made freaking fifty something million or seventy million, whatever it was, um, on that contract on guarantee alone. So he made, almost made a hundred million dollars in his career just by playing hard for, you know, four or five years. So if you really want to be a you know, that type of guy, um, then ball out and then just do that stuff in the off season. Like what? It's just, it's just so stupid. It really is just so stupid. Um, but moving on to the next play of, of, uh, Robertson right here. Let me just see where it is. So play 39. All right, let's go to it. So 39 just tagged as Roberts Robinson one verse one. So this is another play. I remember seeing some good and some bad. So what I don't like about this is right there. Uh, you, so the spread, you're spreading your feet. You're just a slight spread. But the biggest thing about that is he's jumping forward. You want to take, you always want to take your body with your feet. So if you're jumping forward, have your chest over your feet. And if and you're in a, maybe, maybe you're going to jump forward like that and you're going to fake press them. Um, but he doesn't, he doesn't fake press him. So right there, he's off balance. You're not, you're not on balance. You're almost like sitting in a chair like that. It's not as um, dramatic as some other examples I've pulled up, but you're not, you're not on balance. And then again, he gets one shuffle. He gets one shuffle in, I would say, but he's again, opening his hips up pretty, pretty soon here. He's not really keeping his hips as square as I would like to see him. Um, and he's, he looks like he's trying to squeeze a little bit, but the best thing about this play is one, the athleticism, you see it, you see the long speed. But that inside, that outside arm right there, kind of arm barring this receiver is a good thing, because now he only has one hand to catch the ball, and you'll and you'll see him hand fight here. This is what they call like hand fighting. So he and then he kind of like and then he really throws in an arm bar. It's almost like an MMA move. He could have if now if he was a step in front of him in his hips and freaking he could have tossed him right here, um, or broke his arm. But he gets that hand right there in that arm bar, and what that allows him to do is one. If, you're, if your arm is under my arm and, and it's locked behind your back, you're not going to be able to jump up in the air or jump up in the air as high as you possibly could. And you're also only, only able to get up with one arm. So that's a really nice move from Robertson, uh, Robinson right there. I keep calling Robertson. I don't know why. Robinson right there to that little arm bar. And then, um, and then the receiver drops it. But uh, I, I still think overall that was, that was good. Now, usually what you want to see is 
him go, go up with that with that inside arm, but he didn't have great position, so he goes up the outside arm. He can test it pretty well. I don't know if he tips it. He does. Me? No, I'm gonna say no. He doesn't tip that, but the receiver's not able to make the play on it. So I think it was a good and bad from from opening the hips too soon. Uh, I think he could have played the ball a little bit better there. Um, maybe got a little bit better squeeze, but overall, uh, good and bad. So, but I, I marked him as a positive for this game. Wrapping up, um, I'm going to talk about. Let's see. Um, oh, Fado Kasi. I, I have one more play from Fado Kasi. I want to play our show. A couple more plays from. Um, J.J. Wilcox, and I'll pretty much wrap it up. And then there's another, there's another play from Avery Williamson as well. And this is Fado Costa. I showed the power before. This is another play with the, with the power. I see, I don't, I see what uh, technique he is right here. Okay, so, yeah, so he's the zero tech. He's heads up over the, over the, over the center. You can see, again, he's coming off the ball low. You can see lower, not as low as last time, but low. He gets, he's getting good hand placement right there, uh, shoulder pads. And he's kind of just like almost like a – forklifting with that one arm since they call it like a forklift or whatever you want to call it so he's just lifting over right there getting good extension he, he stacks them so he's getting his arms extended he's keeping his eyes into the backfield he jerks them to the inside right there uh, and he almost makes a tackle so some nice power like I said extension able to to, to lift the offensive lineman right there because the offensive lineman's not balanced right there and then he and he sheds him inside and so what I would like to see from this play is yeah he dives and he almost makes a tackle but there's there's a good amount of distance there be, between him and the running back. So what I'd like to see him do is 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 run towards him and close the distance before he dives like that. But still, it, he the, because of him, the play is a is a no gain. Um, so, but I'd like to see him finish that tackle. But regardless, nice power from him. Uh, Avery Williamson is also a guy who who played well to me. Uh, three tackles, one pass deflection. He had that one nice play in in coverage. It's a little bit. I believe what it is, it's a little bit more loaded of a play where it's not too easy to explain um, on Twitter. And what, what are the freaking characters for Twitter now? 260, whatever it is, which seems like a lot. But for me, I remember when I was doing reviews, like I was less knowledgeable when I started doing the reviews. So like 140 was easy. But if I had to do a, a review in 140 characters now, it, it, it's impossible. There's no way um, I can you know explain what I want to explain. But um, Williamson in this play right here, I think the Jets are in cover one with a Jambo. So Jambo, I put this on Twitter, but like I said, I can't explain it all. So you, you should listen to this. What Jambo is um, with this three receiver set is like this uh, tight three receiver trip set to the to the bottom of the field right here to the uh, to the you know field side is. This corner is is going to take the point man. The point man's the guy closest to the line of scrimmage. So he's going to press him and take him no matter what. And then th- these guys right here are going to take are going to play first in first out. So he'll take the first guy out. Uh, he'll take the first guy in. So let's say, um, so you see, he he plays he plays first out. He takes the guy breaking to the flat, and then Claiborne's going to take that that first guy in right there, which is this receiver on the snag. Now people might say, okay, well, first in, first out. What if both of them go out? Okay, well, if both of them go out, let's say, okay, so let's say he he's breaking out, so he's going to take the first guy out because he's the first one breaking out. Now if he broke in and then broke out, Claiborne's going to take him because he's the second guy out. It's the same thing, vice versa, for first and first out. So he's so Johnson right here is playing first and second out. I mean, sorry, sorry, first out, second in. He's playing Claiborne right here is playing first and second out. So that's how that, that jambo coverage works. That's what I call it. Some people call it different things. There's jambo coverage. There's banjo coverage. There's there's box coverage. There's a bunch of things for for uh, when receivers are stacked up like this. But that's co- that, that's jambo right there, just so I can explain it to you guys. But that's not what we're looking at here. Um, it's cover one. 
he's he's manned up uh williamson's manned up on this running back right here who breaks breaks out on the um, wheel route and what i like about it is i i yeah you could say his angle might be a little bit um too aggressive here to cover this but he needs to take an aggressive angle right there because this this, I, this route is acting almost as like a pick route the, the receiver doesn't run a great job of doing it because he he, he breaks too vertically where he's not really challenging Williamson. Um, but he can't just at the same time just work towards Williamson and block him, but not the best attempt for a pick there. But I like how – I like so I like his angle. And I also like how when there's this much room and you can't locate the ball, now if he turned his head inside, he probably gets beat here. So I like the fact that he's playing through the receiver's eyes. Um, so he's playing through the receiver's eyes. And as soon as he gets his hands up, you can see where he's – so when you're – He's not necessarily beat here, but he kind of is beat because he can't get his eyes on the ball. You always want your eyes on the ball. Um, so you want to be able to play the ball, but because he can't get his eyes on the ball, the important thing that he does here is he gets he gets his hand on, which is good. You like that hand on. He watches the eyes. He sees the receiver come up, and that, that punch through right there is what makes that play. So when a receiver catches the ball or has the ball in his hand, and I think the receiver might have dropped it anyway before that punch, but it's still important that that punch through the ball right there so you rip it out so you're not – if your arm is between – the receiver's hands in his chest, it's hard for the receiver to, to, to pull the ball in. So uh, that punch through the ball right there is important for Williamson. So it's a nice play in coverage from a guy who apparently can't cover. I, I, I did not agree with that. Um, when I did that film review on him, I said JORB31 on Twitter, check it out. Uh, I, I think he can cover better than some people uh, give him credit for. Just because he was taken out for Jonathan Cyprian and, and rotate with some good other linebackers doesn't mean that he can't play um, you know, coverage. I think he's better than Demario Davis in coverage. That's that's a positive. I think he's going to be a guy who you're going to see him struggle in coverage sometimes. You're going to see him make some good plays. I think he's an average coverage guy uh, at best, but an average cover guy and a guy who's pretty great in the run game. I, I think he's going to be a guy who people are really going to talk about this season. Just just wait and see. Hopefully I'm not wrong because I've been talking him up, but at the same time, I'm not going to carry down for my takes. I, I, I like Avery Williamson a lot. Moving on to the uh, final guy I'll, t- I'll talk about um, is J.J. Wilcox. J.J. Wilcox, See, I, I don't know if he's gonna make the roster. It's it's between him and Terrence Brooks right now. And I heard people say, oh, he's a he's a he's a guy who could, he's just in the box, uh, just the he's a Rontez Miles guy who's a little bit more versatile. His the best thing about his game in 2016 with the Cowboys, yeah, he had some hard hits. He had a really good coverage grade. I don't I don't like relying on Pro Football Focus, but what I do is okay. So I can't watch 16 games on JJ Wilcox. I just don't have the time to do it in the show and break do all the other things. But I watch a game or two. I see if, what I hear from Pro Football Focus and some other people like Cowboys guys that I trust. Um, I'll kind of like see if my opinion matches theirs. And if, if I see him, okay, he's, he's really fluid hips. I see it in two games that I watch and they say it, then yeah, I can, I can kind of lean on them a little bit. But I thought he's pretty good in coverage, a hard hitter, um, really aggressive in here. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a power run from the, uh, from the Redskins here out of uh, 11 personnel here. And this receiver, number 15, is trying to crack block him. So he's going to open up the outside. And then he's basically going to be one-on-one with this with uh, Daryl Roberts here. But what I like about it is that he's taking the fight to this, to this receiver. So he's not going to cower down, get blocked inside, then try to rip, uh, rip him or shed him, whatever. Uh, he lowers his shoulder, lays the boom on, on the uh, number 15 there, and then, and then gets to the outside and gets in on the tackle. So you can see 15 after that wants no part of it. He just got, he just got blown up a little bit right there and then. I say Wilcox makes the tackle. So I like I like his aggressiveness. I like his versatility. I think he's the third best safety on this roster. That's me. 
Um, but, you know, he's a guy who might not make the roster. Middleton's getting reps with the ones, and, and Brooks has been playing pretty good. So um, we'll see. Unless the Jets decide to carry five safeties, I think it might be worth it, especially if we're going to play big nickel. guy like Middleton's a little bit inexperienced. I think Wilcox, a guy who started, you know, like, what, like 32 games at the Cowboys? So he's a guy with a lot of starting experience, versatile, can lay the boom on people. I, I, I like I like Wilcox. Um, I, I do. So last play of this uh, review, podcast, whatever is um let's see this is another play of, of of wilcox and i forget exactly what defense this is i'm gonna call, uh let's see where he tries this is why it's freaking sucks when you watch on broadcast you can't see anything in the secondary from where everybody ends up i'm gonna say it's cover three um but what i like here from wilcox it's just aggressiveness um this receiver is probably going down at this point anyway Maybe even not, but I like, I, like I said, just that hard hitting, lower, lowering the boom, hard hit, shoulder to his shoulder, clean hit, um, full effort in a preseason game. I, I like, I like Wilcox. I, I do. So nice hit from him there. Nice ability to get across the field, clean up the tackle. Maybe could have ran for a little bit more. So good receiver could, from this tackle, you see a lot of guys put their hand in the dirt and then keep running. Where maybe uh, Robin, Robinson could have made the tackle, but I like that hit from from. Uh, J.J. Wilcox there, wrapping the podcast up. Uh, Bill, one of the questions I had from the game, things I noticed, I had no idea why why Darren Lee, who I don't love but still a starter, Jordan Jenkins, and Jamal Adams are playing on special teams. I don't understand why you're playing your starters on special teams in a preseason game because, uh, one, it sucks if they get injured during a regular play and they play for you know a couple of drives. If they're going to get injured on special teams, uh, I, I don't like that. I, I really don't. I don't like playing starters on special teams in general unless it's like a big-time moment in a game. So that was a big question I had for the coaching. Those two plays that I showed with that, with that spacing concept and with that basically just just uh, the stick concept um, with the clear out routes, the verticals um, from from Bates are two questions I had. I didn't love those plays, but then again, do you really want to give away? You're you're a new coach, um, for the you know not not for the most part. He was with the Broncos, but it's been years and years and years. Do you really want to give away your your red zone plays? So I'm not gonna kill him on that. Hopefully it improves, but I do like more uh, uh, Bates, you know, decent amount so far. Uh, what to look for versus the Giants. Um, you know, the things we've been talking about, watch the position battles, the receivers. Uh, like I said, I, I think Charles Johnson and Trey McBride are deserve, just based on play, they deserve to make the roster over Stewart and Hanson. But Stewart and Hanson are, you know, second-year, third- and fourth-round picks. So do they? Um, look at Swanson versus Harrison. Look at the tight end battle. Do the Jets have to keep four tight ends? I don't think Leggett's making the roster. Um, but four tight ends, I, I believe, believe to make uh, or, or should make it. Uh, you know, Clive Walford has been playing well. Neil Sterling's been playing well. Chris Herndon is a is a fourth round pick. You're not going to cut him, and he played really well in, in uh, you know, in training camp. And uh, Eric Tomlinson's the only true blocking, like real blocker. You have Clive Walford, and uh, you know Herndon could block, but not like not like Tomlinson. Tomlinson, you can put him on a defensive end and outside linebacker, and he can lock him up sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. So that's he's the only blocking type of guy. So they might carry four. So watch that battle. Watch the backup middle linebacker. We talked about that before. Depth at corner. You have to watch it out for that for sure. Middleton versus Wilcox versus versus Brooks. You have to watch. Uh, so there's a lot of definitely interesting battles. Outside linebacker Luvu, Copeland, Donahue, Malden's good as gone. Uh, at least in my opinion. So that's another one to to watch. Can Donald lock down the starting job? He's going to come out and probably play, you know, at least two quarters, probably three with Bridgewater wrapping it up. I think the Jets know what they have from Bridgewater. So I think Donald's probably going to get right about three quarters of play. 
can he lock up the starting job if he comes out versus the Giants and plays really well or plays like he's been playing? I think he's the starter. I think it's the writing on the wall right now with him playing the preseason game, two starting games in a row, uh, getting a majority of the, of the reps at practice. I, I think if he, as long as he doesn't show that he can't do it, like if he really regresses, then he's going to um, probably not start or, or he might not start. But if he continues on the trend and just stays kind of level where he's been at, uh, I, I think he starts to so watch out for that, obviously. Um, and this is a more interesting game, the third preseason game. Now, they're not going to you know, unload all of their bags of tricks in this preseason game, but it's not as vanilla as the first, the second, and the fourth game. The third game, they throw in a little bit more schemes, a little bit more concepts, uh, a little more defenses instead of just cover three, cover two. You know, you cover one jump and, uh, you know, cover three buzz and cloud and, you know, whatever they do. There's a bunch of defenses that teams are running on. I'm sure I have no idea about. Uh, no injuries. The Jets haven't had too many injuries during the preseason, so it's probably the last game that the the, the, the stars are playing that we really need to see um, for the you know the entire year. You know, listen, if a guy like uh, you know Sinkfield gets injured, yeah, it sucks for him. But is anybody really going to get too worked up about it? No. But if Morris Claiborne or Avery Williams or something that gets injured, uh, it sucks. And I don't know why I'm saying that because I do kind of believe in jinxes and all that stuff because it happens to me a lot. So I'm kind of an idiot for even saying that, but. Let's get out of this game clean, no injuries, um, and let's watch those position battles, and let's hopefully watch Darnold uh, light up the, the Giants. So I appreciate everybody for listening. Like I said, we have Marcus Frick and Coleman as our new co-host coming in a couple of weeks, which is it, it's beyond unbelievable at this point. I'm, I'm really, really excited for that. Uh, there's no place who breaks down film one like this show does, and there's no and on top of that, there's no show that has a guy like Marcus Coleman to, to be talking football and breaking down film. Some people talk football, but it's very generic stuff. There's nobody to really break down the film. So if you want to learn, uh, stick it here. Uh, like I said, YouTube, turn on the Jets slash TV or decide to turn on the Jets, subscribe there. Give us a like, give us a comment there if you, if you would like. Even if you do listen on YouTube and, or you do watch on YouTube, go to the podcast app, leave us a review. Uh, really, really appreciate it. Haven't got a review yet, which a little bit disappointing, but I, I understand I have to build up a little bit. So um, just do that. Help me, help brother out, please. So uh, appreciate everybody for listening. Like I said, next week, two shows, roster predictions show and a recap of, of the Giants game. So appreciate everybody for listening, and I will see you guys in a couple of days. Enjoy your Giants game.